Welcome to the Jill on Money coronavirus market update. We're recording this actually on Wednesday morning because a private payroll report just came out that is so stunning that I wanted to capture just what a big deal this is. It's going to drop in your feed Thursday morning. I promised you that these few days would be really heavy duty data around the job situation and it's not looking good. So let me just tell you that private payrolls. This is a a report that comes out every month, always two days before the government's report. Private payrolls fell by more than 20 million in April. It's the worst drop since ADP created this survey back in the early 2000s. Unbelievable numbers. I'm not saying that they were unexpected, but it's insane. 20,236,000 jobs lost in one month. Oh my God. The previous record was about 835,000 in February of 2009. So 835, 835,000, 20 million. We've never seen anything like this. It takes your breath away. And there are many economists who believe that this understates the damage done. It understates it. So we're going to have to see how this all shakes out. We know that April numbers are going to be terrible. May numbers are going to be terrible. Um, And this morning, this is because you're listening to this on Thursday, we're going to get another week of jobless claims. There are going to be another few million who are claiming for unemployment. And we're going to think that that's good news. Unbelievable to me that that's where we are. And then on Friday morning, we get the monthly Labor Department report 20 to 25 million jobs likely lost. The unemployment rate is going to be somewhere around 15 to 18%. That's the expectation. Gosh, it is. it does take your breath away. So um, that's where we are, uh, a pretty crappy situation for the economy. All right. So let me get back to what we do here, which is we give you a little quick recap of the important story of the day, and then we go into your questions. So if you've got a financial question, just send it to us. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. So this is a message from Sam, who says, in your earlier podcast, you always ask your guests for their best and worst career or financial decision. Okay, you're right. We haven't done that in a while. What would you advise a 29-year-old who currently has a secure job, has been accepted at a top-tier MBA program 3,000 miles away from home, but not sure whether this plan to do the MBA should be pursued given the current environment. No certainty about whether there will be only online classes or if the semester will be disrupted. An important part of the MBA experience is obviously to interact with other students and faculty. The cost to attend is estimated, you ready for this? $250,000, a hundred grand in grants, $150,000 in student loans. So that out of pocket, 150 grand. From my research, recently universities have sometimes refunded housing and cafeteria costs, but not tuition. It's a huge career financial decision. Do you think it's worth it in these uncertain times? How do you assess the value? You know, we just played my interview with Scott Galloway yesterday. He's a professor of marketing at NYU's Stern School of Business. He thinks that business schools are basically a ripoff, but he does talk about how when you go to a top tier school, that could be something slightly different. So I think I would need to know, number one, how much money you're earning right now and in what field. And number two, what are you hoping to gain from this MBA besides the credential? If you're going 3,000 miles away to a top-tier school, 
Is it that you live in New York and you're going to Stanford? Or is it that you live in on the West Coast and you're coming to a school in the on the East Coast? I would really want to know more of the particulars. In general, I don't love the idea of just spending a whole bunch of money if you don't have to right now, especially since you do have a job. But again, I'm willing to consider this situation as it pertains to you. And let's get more of the details, okay? I know, Mark, you thought I was going to say something different, but I'm happy to look if she's going to Stanford or he's going, Sam is it. Sam is a uh, gender neutral name. So I said she, so I'm going to say it's a she. If uh, Samantha or Sam is going to Stanford, maybe it is worth it. And maybe it's, you know, a, a way to get a credential that is going to be really important. But I really need to know more details. Okay. L writes, I'm receiving an inheritance, fifty dollars to $70,000 from my grandparents, and I don't know what I should do with it since COVID-19 has made the market volatile. I plan on using some of the money to pay off my remaining student and credit card debt, repad the emergency reserve fund, then I'm at a loss. Do I put the remaining forty to fifty grand in my high-yield savings until the pandemic market settles, shuffle this money into the market? I have some money in the stock market. I'm unsure how to diversify. I'm 26. My only form of retirement is an annually maxed out Roth IRA I opened when I was 19. I've never entertained the notion of holding so much money and I don't know what to do. Love your show. When's Mark going to get some airtime? I think it's hilarious that you confer with him, but in my mind, Mark is actually a studio plant or chair and doesn't exist. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So here's the deal. Pay down the student debt pay down the credit card debt. And when you say repad your emergency reserve fund, repad that fund so it has at least six to 12 months of your living expenses that are in there. Then I ask you this question, are there any expenses that are coming up within the next year? If so, keep that money in the high yield savings. If not, then maybe it's time to make sure that you put a little bit of money to work. You don't have to go crazy, but you know, if you may want to pre-fund your Roth IRA, you could do that for 2020 for your 2020 contribution. You could do that now. Beyond that, the next round of what your investments would look like is to look at that stock. You said I have some money in the stock market. You know, I'd be interested to know what you have. And then maybe what we could do is just kind of build you a very simple portfolio of the remaining funds where you put some money in a stock market index fund and some money in a bond index fund. And that's it. And call it quits. And don't stress too much. Uh, Joe writes, um, I've recently changed careers and have taken a sizable pay cut. I've got 13 years and $85,000 to pay on my first mortgage, 16,000 on a second. My question, would it be smart to refi both into one mortgage and for how long? We would have to add the closing cost to the loan, basically looking to lower my monthly costs. My wife and I are in our mid to late fifties. Thank you. Joe, You're going to look at combining these two things and you are going to get a 30-year loan. Don't freak out. It's going to be okay. You're going to get a 30-year loan to give you the, the flexibility that you need. You'll probably pay it off well before those 30 years are up, but get a 30-year loan that's going to drive down your monthly costs and then let's reassess all the other things that are going on in your financial life, okay? Jane writes, my daughter has private student loans that she cannot pay. I'm paying them along with a federal loan. Is it possible to convert the private loans to federal loans? No, it is not. 
Not possible. Um, one of her loans is 11%. She'll never dig out from it. She graduated in 2008. They were to help her with housing, internship, and that her federal loans and scholarships didn't cover. We were stupid and let her go to a private art college. I could shoot myself. Her father and I are retired teachers. You cannot combine them into a federal loan. You may want to refinance the private loan into another private loan. That could be the possibility there. And she doesn't have to be paying those federal loans right now. She's got a deferment. But I think it's time for you to bite the bullet and know that, like you said, you made a, a mistake, but nothing to do now. I'm sorry. Try to refinance that one. Okay. Uh, that's it. That is uh, this edition of the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. If you or someone you know needs some financial help, just send me an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And if you wouldn't mind, share this podcast with people you know. And uh, if you do that, we would be most grateful. You can, of course, download us and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio.com, Google Play, wherever you found this one, and send your friends a link, tell them to subscribe, and let us know how we can help you out. Just be in touch. This is a trying time. And when I say trying, I'm going to say it's trying on our nerves, but you're going to try not to look at your investments, try to figure out the timing of the stock market or the bond market. But I would encourage you to look at your real financial life and think about the decisions that you could make now that will put you in better places for when we emerge from this. When that is, I don't know, but I think that many of the things that you're doing right now could set the stage for a better path forward. We thank you so much for listening. Mark is a real person. He will come on the air at some point. I'm not sure when, but you know, he is a real person. I promise you that. We are washing our hands. We're maintaining our social distance. We are also trying to be kind and we are trying to lift people up. So in your day-to-day, one nice way to get out of your head and stop worrying about something that's out of your control is to just do something nice for somebody else. Let's do that together, okay? Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.